around. <laughs> it was like, what are they talking about? Remember back in the 80s when they would sing the worship songs like in rounds? It was like the people over here would sing King of Kings and Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. That's kind of what it sounded like. People were like in different parts of the name. Anyway, it's good. It's good. You guys ready to have fun today? All right, we're in a series on healing, and let's start off with a confession. You guys ready for this? Healing is not my idea. Healing is God's idea. I'm not trying to convince him. He's trying to convince guys. So, yeah, they're over there, and they adopted a, a baby over there. He's probably not a baby anymore. And uh, all right, so good to see you guys. All right, glad that's on the recording. All right, that's good. That's good. So um, just a uh, kind of re- a review here. I've been talking about how um, if we had a special camera that was able to take a picture of how much healing was working in your life. So let's say it wasn't working at all, it would be clear over you. If, uh, if uh, it, was, it was partially working, you starting to get some good things going, it was pink. And if it was really working, it would be red. One of the things I wanted to encourage you with is if we took that picture, it's not a picture that's a once-for-all lifetime, that's how your condition is. You can actually grow in your healing understanding. You can grow in how you move in healing. So here's what I'm saying is we may have some people that were moving from no color to pink and pink to red over these things. I want you to encourage you, wherever you're at in healing, you're not stuck there. We can move forward in it. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Can we make this a little interactive so we get, get the energy? All right. All right. We need some help up here today. So as you know in our church, here's what's going to happen. If you come to our church, you're going to be naturally, you're going to be best friends with Jesus, BFFs. That's right. We need to, instead of WWJD, we need to get like BFFJC. JC. So anyway, anyway, anyway. So um, best friends with Jesus, you're going to be naturally supernatural. You're going to be debt-free and outrageously generous. Does that sound good to anybody? Yes. You're going to have a, king, a healthy kingdom family, and you're going to discover, develop, and deploy your destiny. And so uh, you're going to see more and more. We're going to provide really clear pathways. You're like, hey, that sounds great. How do I do that? We're going to be coming up with really clear pathways to help you walk in that. So today we're really going after that naturally supernatural part. <clears throat> and this is a quick review of where we've been in the healing series. The first, time, the first uh, session we looked at, Jesus paid for it all. Jesus, in the same way he died for the forgiveness of your sins, he also died for the healing of your body. It's all part of the same package. He bore your sickness, carried your pain, by your stripes he was healed. So the same confidence you come to him to receive him as Savior, you can come that same way and receive him as healer. Does that sound good to anybody? The second part we looked at is always God's will to heal. And so Jesus, he, he said this, he said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father say. And what do we see him doing when it came to healing? He healed every person who came to him without exception. I want you to notice what Jesus never did. He never stopped and prayed and asked the Father what his will was. He already knew what his will was when it came to healing, and he simply healed them without any hesitation. Is that good news? The third uh, part we looked at, um, God only heals people who don't deserve it. That should be some good news. And so one of the things that blocks us from receiving healing is self-righteousness, which means we're giving God reasons to bless us. Listen, the only reason God, God will not withhold healing from you because you're bad. He will not heal you because you're good. He'll heal you because of what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, that's the only reason. So we're pushing our chips to the center of the table. We're betting it all on the fact that what Jesus did was enough. Now, if I try to say, well, you know, but I've been confessing the healing scriptures. I've been taking communion. I've been doing this. Well, you just told me the big problem. You're telling me what you've done. Faith looks at what Jesus has done. So uh, Jesus only heals people who don't deserve it. So stop trying to deserve it and rely fully on him. How are we doing? The next time we looked at sacred cows, we looked at how um, Mark 7, 13 says that uh, um, your religious doctrines have made the word of God of no effect. 
So there's things that religion can bring in that will actually nullify the power of the word of God. And so things like, well, it might not be God's timing. It might not, you might have to break generational curses. You might need to confess a whole bunch of sin. You might need to catch up on your ties. All these things that people add on there, guess what? If we're going to get the kind of results that Jesus had, we need to look at how Jesus did it. And he never made them jump through all these hoops. Is this good news to anybody? They just simply came to him with expectation and he healed them 100% of the time. He never said, your sin is teaching you an important lesson. He never gave them all of this religious garbage. They just came to him. Last time we looked at why isn't everybody healed. And so we looked at how a lot of times we live by what we see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. But we looked at how um, prayer and fasting can actually develop a sixth sense of faith. And how fasting changes us, it doesn't change God. We looked at, the, uh, we looked at that story. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. All right, you guys keep looking at the screen. Is there something happening up there that I don't know about? All right, so today I want to look at what do you do when prayer seems unanswered? Has anybody ever had that happen? You're like, I'm praying, and it just doesn't seem like anything's happening. No one? So, all right, well, we'll just close some prayer. Oh, okay, okay, okay we're, not, we're going to keep going then. <clears throat> what do you do when prayer seems unanswered? Here's something I want to look at is um, the, uh, the great majority of Jesus' healings were instantaneous. Okay, let's just be clear on that. They like, like, they instant, like, boom, happen. But there was a couple of exceptions where they came gradually. Now, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to make it the norm for them to be gradual. But I think we need to say, if we're going to be praying for people, we need to recognize this can be the experience of people, that they may receive it in stages. And so let's look at it in Scripture. But again, let's not make that the norm. Are we good? You know what I love about partial healings? Is that they're supposed to lead to complete healings. A lot of people don't realize, they're like, oh, I only got partial. Well, guess what? All the partials in the Bible led to complete healings. Like, Jim, I've only got half healed. That's amazing. You're halfway there. That's supposed to encourage you to get the rest. Here we go. Let's look at the 10 lepers. Luke chapter 17. Lepers was someone who had leprosy. I remember as a kid hearing about the 10 leopards. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, Luke chapter 17, verse 11, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a great distance. Now, people with uh, leprosy, they were social outcasts in those days. They believed that they were cursed by God, that they got what they deserved, and so everyone stayed away from them. Imagine someone walking in that was radioactive. You'd be like staying back. Imagine somebody... um, uh, with COVID uh, two years ago. Like, like everyone's staying away. Oh boy, it's too soon for that one still. <laughs> still too soon. I get it. I get it. But um, lepers, they were believed to be under the judgment of God for their sins and that they, they should be shown no mercy. Now, this wasn't the biblical understanding. This is how religion had perverted the heart of God. Okay, so people are just staying away. That's why they're at a great distance. Verse 13, and they lifted, and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. Boy, an interesting thing. He didn't pray for him. He didn't heal anything. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. Why would he do this? So there was something called the law of Moses. It was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Maybe you've heard some Jews call it the Torah. Maybe you've heard it called the Pentateuch, Penta five, the first five books of Moses. Lots of different names for it. But in the law of Moses, there was a stipulation that if somebody had been healed, that thought they were healed of leprosy, they were to go and show themselves to the priest. And the priest had some certain conditions that they could certify them. Why? So they could be welcomed back into society because they were the outcast. They were contagious. They were the cursed of God, right? And so here we go. And so he said, go and do this. I want you to see this. Um, if the lepers didn't believe they were healed, they wouldn't have gone to the priest. 
They understood what he was saying. This was something that made sense to them. And I have to just wonder this. I wonder if some of them dreamed of the day that they could go show themselves to the priest. Man, I just imagine the day when I'm healed and I could go do this, okay? And so here's the next phrase. And as they went, they were cleansed. This is interesting. I think a lot of Christians, they want to be cleansed, and then they'll go show themselves to the priest, right? A lot of people. I mean, today we could say it like this. Hey, go have the doctor uh, get the scan and uh, check it out, and he'll certify that you're healed. Well, I'm not going until I know that I'm healed. But a person who knows that they're healed is going to go to the doctor and get the scan. I want you to see, this was their act of faith, was going. Here's the thing. We don't know how long it was before they were healed. It's as they were going, because we're going to see here in the next verse, there appears to be some distance between the healing and them realizing that it happened. Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back to praising God with a loud voice. Okay, so you can see that they're, they're going. All of a sudden, one of them realizes that he's healed, turns back, and is like, praise God, all right? The other nine, we're going to look at them in a second, those poor guys. <clears throat> and then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. Verse 16, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. A Samaritan was someone who was half Gentile, half Jew. They were also about hated about as much as a leper, hated about as much as um, Michigan Wolverine at an Ohio State game. All right, there we go. Still too soon for that one. All right. <clears throat> Verse 17, then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? In other words, ten of them get healed. They must all realize that around the same time, only one comes back. Uh, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? In other words, the Jews have got the covenants. They should be the ones recognizing this stuff. God revealed himself as healer in the old covenant. They should have known this. Verse 9, and he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This, uh, this can't totally be proven, but this may be what happened here. Is that he walks and he's, the word cleanse there. It's like the word is, is like the picture of taking a stain off of something. So it's like the leprosy lifts off. And uh, as you know, sometimes when the disease progresses, they actually lose limbs. So what may have happened here is he comes back, his skin's healed. And uh, rise, go, your faith has made you well. Uh, um, some uh, commentators believe that the, his limbs were restored at this point. He got a creative miracle. Okay, So here's the deal. <clears throat> the miracle didn't happen instantaneously at this one. Okay, uh, We're not sure how far away the ten were, but one of them is at least far enough away that he has to come back and say something. He realized it. So a couple of the things here. Um, the nine lepers who weren't thankful, I want you to get this. They still got healed. A lot of people are like, oh, those stupid lepers. They don't deserve anything. I want you to see, this is a picture of the goodness of God. A lot of people think we have to have this perfect faith and this holy, righteous attitude that's just right. And no, no, no. They came to Jesus expecting him to help, and they got to keep their healing and got to receive their healing even though they weren't perfect. This should encourage us, those of us who don't have perfect faith and perfect attitudes. <clears throat> this is the goodness of God being revealed. Another thing... Um, this situation, with 10 of them being healed, this would have been a perfect time for God to show uh, that his healing, that his will for healing was different for different kinds of people. Okay, it would have been like if six out of the 10 would have got healed, then we could create this doctrine. Oh, well, I guess sometimes some people just aren't ready for the healing and, you know, God must be, have different will for different people. That's not what happened. All of them got healed all at the same time. It's always God's will to heal. For you to say, well, God's will is different for different people at different times. Jesus never modeled that. They all got healed when they came to him without exception. Are you guys seeing how the knots are getting taken out? This is getting easier. 
All right, let's look at a second example of where there was a delayed healing. This one actually came in two stages. Um, it's the blind men from Bethsaida. Mark chapter 8. We're going to begin in verse 22. I'm extra sensitive. If you remember last week, I accidentally dumped the water bottle directly into the electrical outlet here. You guys remember that one? I'm extra sensitive. <clears throat> verse 22. And they, speaking of Jesus and the disciples, and they came to Bethsaida. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. Well, you know, when, you, when you think the next verse was, and Jesus laid hands on him and healed him. It's not what it says. Verse 23, and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Now, we're not totally sure why Jesus did this. But one thing we do know is he had some pretty harsh things to say about the city of Bethsaida and some other parts of scripture, like Mark chapter 10. Remember, woe to you, Bethsaida, woe to you, Chorazin. If the miracles had been performed and you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, he mentions two Old Testament wicked cities. He said, they would have repented in sackcloth and ashes. In other words, I did these mighty miracles to you, and you're even more wicked than these cities. Okay, so this is the city <clears throat> that this guy is in. <clears throat> Frog in the throat. <clears> throat. There we go. All right. And so, um, so, I don't know, so maybe he took him out of this city because there would have been religious persecution, and it just wasn't worth it. Maybe there was such an environment of unbelief that it would have been gift difficult. This guy had fragile faith. We see in other places where uh, Jesus is going to raise from, from the people from the dead, and he kicks out all the people who are crying. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been uh, praying for somebody, and there's so many un such unbelief in the room, it just feels difficult? So I know I've had to do that a few times. I, I do it gently. I think I do at least. I've had to kick people out of the room where they're in there, like, pronouncing death. I remember we were praying for this lady. She had cancer through her whole body. And she sits up and she says, I want to live. And, um, and like she, she had no strength. She, she was, she's got tubes in her body. She sits up. She says, I want to live. I feel better. And uh, her sister says, yeah, all the people, I'm a nurse, and all the cancer patients say that right before they die. Mike, are you serious? Like she's laying there with tubes. With, remember that, Mary? And, I, and, um, and so I, I want, the spirit of slap came on me. I, I didn't slap her, but the spirit of slap came on me. I mean, are you kidding me? We're sitting here fighting for her life. And they're, plan and they're planning her funeral right in front of her, talking about who's going to get what different parts of her house. And so, um, so Mary and I, like, went out in the hallway, and we came up with this plan to kind of gently get them out of the room and so we could pray. And so sometimes, so maybe that was a situation like this. Bethsaida was such an environment of unbelief. You had to get them out of there. We're not totally sure what's going on there. But um, and so, uh, okay, so... He takes him out of the city, uh, and he, he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes, he laid his hands on him. The Holy Spirit will occasionally reveal an unusual methodology that's necessary to get somebody healed. Why does he do this? I don't know. We, do, we just follow it, okay? So what I've seen some people do is they make this the norm. Like, okay, this is the only way Jesus heals is by doing weird things. And so they're wanting to slap people and punch them in the stomach and spit them on them all the time. And I, I'll be honest, I've, those weird people, I don't see them having a whole lot of fruit. But they just feel powerful because they're doing something different. I've got a bunch of stories that I'm going to skip at this time for the sake of... But I remember one guy, um, he, uh, this guy I know, he was praying for somebody. This is a pretty crazy one. <clears throat> the person had half of a thumb. And, uh, and so they, uh, they asked him to pray. And so he felt like the Lord said, grab the nub and laugh over it. Now, again, we're not making formulas out of these things, but you guys, sometimes the Holy Spirit so he grabs the nub and begins laughing over it, which appears cruel to the person with the nub. Right? I'm sure they're not enjoying, like, ha, 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 you know, like, like this whole thing. When he releases it, the thumb had grown except for the fingernail. So then he has his uh, ministry team come over, and I prayed for him, and the fingernail grows back right there. 
Why the laughing? Why, why the stages? I don't know. We just, we just follow the dove. I just find it best that way. You guys have heard me tell this story before. Um, we're praying for someone at a restaurant, and they, uh, <clears throat> they had something going on with their shoulder. And as I'm getting ready to pray, I have my eyes open. But you know how you can see in your mind's eye? Like you have your eyes open, you can picture a banana right now, right? In your mind's eye, right? So in my mind's eye, I, <clears throat> I see myself reaching behind her shoulder and drawing three stripes. I've told this story many times. And um, she says, I said, check it out. And she said, is that it? I said, I don't know. And so she raises her hand and begins crying. I said, well, what's happening? <clears throat> and she says, um, 25 years ago, I had a horse riding accident. I was thrown off of the horse. My, my sh shoulder was shattered so bad, they had to remove three muscles. She says, I physically don't have the muscles to be able to raise my hand. Those were removed. Three stripes. I'll tell you what, I'm super glad I did not know that. Like, I don't have the faith to grow three muscles. I just, I find that when, uh, when, you, when the Lord gives you something like that, the faster you act, the more power is released. So if the Lord gives you something like that, act on it. It's best to practice with people like at Zion. Like, like, like uh, don't, don't go practice on your unsaved banker or your unsaved boss. You know, like, hey, you, oh, you got some eye problems? <laughs> like, like, don't start there. Like, get on a ministry team, practice on each other. All right, you guys get the picture here. And so, um, so when he spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, and so, uh, but then he uses his normal method of laying hands, uh, uh, laying on of hands. And then he asks him, do you see anything? Now, this is interesting because I think sometimes we think Jesus just knows everything that's going on and he's just kind of acting out this play or something like that. This question reveals that Jesus did not know exactly what this man would experience. If you notice, when we pray for people, we say things like this, check it out. What are you feeling? What are we doing? We're modeling how Jesus did it. We already know what God's will is. Jesus already knew what that was. That wasn't a surprise. But um, what the person may experience, that could be a surprise. That could be some new information. Some people, when you pray for them, they're going to feel a divine heat. So I'm not sure if you ever prayed for somebody like, man, I feel heat on my body. Heat is good. A lot of times it's, it's a sign of a healing anointing. Some people may feel the Holy Spirit's power in the form of like a living electricity. Just begin feeling a tingling. <clears throat> um, some people may feel a demon leave. Um, most people that you pray for outside of the church are not going to say, I just felt a demon leave. Okay, they're not going to have that kind of language. They may say something like this, um, I just feel lighter. Have you ever prayed for somebody and they said something like that? I just feel lighter. I remember one time I was at this car rental place, and um, this lady, she's at the desk, and it was a couple different people, and she's just kind of highlighted, and I was like, Lord, I just feel like she's being highlighted. I hope I get her. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in front of her, and I think she had some tattoos or jewelry. I'm like, hey, tell me about your... It might have been jewelry. Tell me about your jewelry. What does it mean to you? And so she begins to share that she's Catholic. And I'm like, awesome. I said, so you must believe in healing, you know, Catholics. And so she's, uh, she's like, well, you know, da, da, da. I said, do you have any need in your body? And so she had uh, fibromyalgia. So she's like, I got pain all over my body. And so I find it best when someone's working. You don't need to make a big display. Um, a lot of strangers don't like being touched. You know, a lot of women don't like being touched by a strange man. All right, and so I don't find it necessary to reach over the counter and do some big religious rain dance calling down heaven, right? And so I just said um, something along the lines of, um, hey, I just released healing on your body in the name of Jesus. I said, check it out. See how you're feeling. She goes, oh, something just lifted off of me. And um, I didn't say, hey, that was a demon, you know, maybe a spirit of infirmity, you know, let's find out its name. No, you don't need to do any of that stuff. It's gone. It's good. Okay, and so 
I said, listen, I said, uh, I said, now that you're feeling freer, I said, why don't you just kind of reconfirm your, your commitment to Jesus and just invite him? And she goes, oh, something else just left. Did you see that? And uh, I'm like, I was thinking, no, I'm not that good. Like, I don't, I don't even know what's happening here. I'm just, I'm just doing my best, right? And it was super cute. So I mean, she's like checking it out, like the pain's gone. And so I'm outside um, getting my rental car, and she's knocking on the window, like giving me these thumbs up. I was like, yay, God. Yay, God. So sometimes people may say something like, um, yeah, I, I just feel lighter. I feel something left. Um, you know what? A, a lot of the times, they're going to feel nothing at all, but their pain is gone. Okay, that's why we have people check it out. I find a lot of people who have pain like in their back or legs or something like that, some kind of injury, the pain's gone, but they'll still go, oh, but I'm stiff. And they'll find out if you'll stretch out, you're actually healed. The pain being gone is the important part. How are we doing? Some people may receive a partial healing that will strongly encourage them to seek Christ for the completion of their healing. I'm going to get more on this here. Partial healings should encourage you to go for complete healings. I don't know how in the American church it's become the opposite. Oh, it's only a partial healing. Like, what are you talking about? All the partial healings in the Bible turn into complete healings. All right. Christ understood that this healing was not based on what he believed, but based on whether what this person believed. So this guy, it wasn't a problem in God giving the healing. It was a problem in this guy receiving it. He's receiving it differently. Let's keep looking at the story. So this guy's blind. Jesus asked him, do you see anything? Verse 24. And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Okay, so what's happening? This blind man has received a partial healing. He's aware of people. He, he can see people around him, and he can see their movements, but he can't see the detail, right? That's what's happening, or he couldn't see the detail and the depth. I want you guys to get this. Instantaneous healing is not the only expression of Christ's healing ministry. It was his main one. Let's not make it doctrine, but our doctrine has to include everything that Jesus did. Where partial healing is received, strong faith for finishing the healing ought to result. I'm going to say it again, just in case anyone but Tori was listening to that one. Thank you. Instantaneous healing is not the only expression of Christ's healing ministry. Where partial healing is received, strong faith for finishing the healing ought to result. Guys, we've got to have this sanctified logic that motivates us into full healing. It's like, hold on, if the Father was willing to do this much, he's willing to finish the healing. If I'm able to receive partially, then I'm able to receive the rest of my healing, even if I have to receive it in stages as my faith grows. Somebody should be getting encouraged. Verse 25, then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. After getting this man's response, Jesus again places his hands on him, prays for him a second time. I want you to notice, Christ didn't settle for partial healing. <clears throat> it wasn't like, oh, that must be God's will, partial healing. Like, enjoy it. You know, maybe you, know, maybe you can you know, you know, get some stronger glasses or whatever. And I want you to, Christ knew what the Father's will for this man was. That's why he was able to pray a second time. <clears throat> it wasn't like, oh, partial healing. That's what you get. No, no. He knew that full healing was it. Guys, the reason we can pray more than once is because we know that God hasn't changed, but we can change. That's why Christ did not hesitate at all to lay, on his, man, lay his hands again on this man. And guys, as you and I walk in healing power, we're going to see occasional situations like this where someone may need more than once to receive and may even have to receive it over time, guess what? We're not a hit-and-run ministry. We're willing to stay with you until you get everything that Jesus paid for. And he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. God's will was revealed in this man that he received complete sight. 
So the time uh, between this partial healing and the complete healing, it wasn't very long, okay? Enough for him to say, hey, what are you seeing? Okay, so we're talking seconds, not like years here. And so listen, guys, it's wisdom to allow for partial healings as an encouragement to believe for complete healings. Faith may not be great enough initially to receive a complete healing, but enough to receive something from God. And so if a partial healing is received, then the person receiving it should believe with greater conviction that, you know what, God wants me to receive complete healing. Well, I hope that encourages somebody, at least in the online audience, hopefully in this room. If you've received partial healing, this should include you. Oh, my goodness, I'm being set up for the whole thing. I'm able to receive this much, well, then I can receive more. Listen, if you can move the devil an inch, you can move him a mile, even if you've got to do it a little bit at a time, all right? And he sent him, uh, verse 26, and he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Okay, so the guy wasn't from Bethsaida. He's like, don't even go back to that town. I'm not going to speculate on why, but if you're in a dead church that teaches unbelief, don't go back to that village. There you go. How are you doing? I'm hearing unbelief, and I'm hearing legalism, and all the things that I have to do to please God every week. Why isn't it working? Why is my faith flourishing? Well, Olympic athletes don't train on a Twinkie diet. How are we doing? All right. So sometimes you may have to pray more than once for a person to receive their complete healing. I want you to notice Jesus didn't give up, okay? And so uh, we as a church, you as a believer, you're not going to give up until people get what Jesus paid for. I want you to get this. It's impossible for you to pray and have nothing happen. This is what Galatians 6 says. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reaps. Guys, if you pray in faith, it does, something's going to happen. Okay? A lot of people's faith doesn't last as long as the prayer. It's like, oh, man, I don't feel anything happening. <laughs> Sometimes things happen in stages. Sometimes they happen partially. Sometimes you're going to have to stand in this. We're going to look at, well, I'm, we're going to get to this here in a second. Let me just encourage you with this. Don't stop believing after the prayer ends. Guys, we're going to have to be a different kind of people. Okay, we, we can't be the norm. Uh, the, I mean, part of the calling on our church is to be healing well to the entire state. And so, uh, so this is the group that's renewing their minds in this stuff. And so um, Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. Why did it take, why was it within an hour? Not instantaneously. I don't know, but I'm glad it worked. The ten lepers, as they went, they were healed. Mark 16, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What does recover mean? It could be a process. I'm just reading the scriptures here. You guys okay? Um, John 4, 52. uh, So Jesus asked them the hour when he began to get better. Ding, it didn't happen instantly. Well, you're beginning to get better. Guess what? There's a healing flowing in your body. Stick with it until it completes. Sometimes that's how it works. I'm not saying that's the norm. The norm is instantaneous, but we've got to have room in it for, you know what? Sometimes it goes like this, and we're going we're gonna to hang on to that horse. The thing is not going to buck us off. Unbelief is trying to buck you off that horse. Faith hangs on to that thing until that horse is tamed and the healing is yours. I'm not sure it's a perfect analogy. It's the only one that came to my brain at the time. How are we doing? You guys remember the cursing of the fig tree. Jesus and his disciples are walking by this fig tree, and the disciples are like, hey, that thing's bearing no fruit. Jesus curses the fig tree, and uh, nothing apparently happened instantly. Are you guys getting that? He released power. Nothing happened instantly. They're walking by the next day, and all of a sudden, it, had, it said it had looked like it had withered from the roots. So I remember um, I received prayer from somebody one time. I don't want to name drop Andrew Womack. Perhaps you've heard of him. 
And so um, yeah, this is like, like year 2000, 2001. I had some skin condition, and uh, I go for prayer, and Andrew says, it's going to be like the cursing of the fig tree. It will dry up from the roots, and in three days you'll see the results. And so we, it was, he was doing like a series of meetings, and so um, I remember we were at the thing, and he's like, where's that Jim Baker at? And so that was my Andrew Womack impersonation, which I know sounds like my mother-in-law and my Hitler impersonation. I don't have a wide range of voices. I wish I did. And so um, I stood up, and guess what? At, at three days, the thing had, had completely dried up at that thing. Sometimes it may be that power is released, the thing is drying up from the roots, and it takes a while for it to get to the rest of your body. I'm not trying to create a theology of lack or a theology of distance. I'm simply trying to look at sometimes here's how things happen. Are we all right? It's like when you cut a rose. When you cut a rose away from the rest of the plant, it's officially dead, but it just hasn't shown up yet. Okay? It takes a while for the effects to go. Sometimes Jesus has cut that thing off from its root, and it takes a little while for it to show up. Keep standing in faith. It's impossible to pray and have nothing happen. Don't let go. I remember we had a guy uh, here named Chris. I, I, I don't know if I've told this story recently. I talk all day long, every day. I really don't know. I probably have told it last week. But um, I, thought, I saw we had some new people here. Welcome. You haven't heard my stories yet. I'm so glad you're here. I love you. So uh, Chris, he had, a, um, he had a broken collarbone, and it uh, was deformed. It healed wrong. It wasn't sticking through the skin, but it was kind of deforming in his skin. He gets prayer. All the pain leaves. He was going to have to, he was an armored truck driver. He's going to have to test with a shotgun the next day. He was in too much pain, wasn't going to pass the test. He was going to lose his job. We, uh, we pray, and uh, all the pain leaves. Yay, God. But he hates waking up in the morning, looking at himself in the mirror, and seeing this deformity. On the way home, snap, crackle, pop. The deformed bone goes back into place. Why did it happen on the way home? I don't know, but aren't you glad it did? Amen. I remember, uh, my friend Matt, he's got uh, uh, his surgery. He's got a cast on from his hip all the way down to his ankle. A word of knowledge comes up about a, a knee surgery, and uh, he stands up to receive his healing, responds to the word of knowledge, and as he checks it out, oh, it didn't look like anything had happened. He's in agony, sits down discouraged. Um, he, didn't, he doesn't sleep with his brace on, gets up in the morning, uh, gets up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and uh, as he comes back in walking in, his wife's sitting on the bed crying. He says, what's going on? She says, don't you realize you're healed. You just walked to the bathroom. Why did it happen on the, sometime in the middle of the night rather than there? I don't know, but aren't you glad it did? We had, a, um, we had a radical miracle happen of a girl in a wheelchair who was extremely short. She had cerebral palsy. Uh, her, she grew seven to eight inches taller, got out of the, like instantly. Her le- limbs lengthened. Her, uh, she gets out of the wheelchair, no more cerebral palsy. And this story um, somehow makes it to this, uh, to this family in Illinois. And so they come here and they said, is this the church this happened? Yes. And so their child was born blind. We pray for the kid. Um, we see absolutely zero improvement. We get a phone call the next day. The kid wakes up with 20-20 vision. Why did it happen that way? I don't know. Aren't you glad it did? Someone's at our house, and they got carpal tunnels. They got the braces on their hands. We pray. We see absolutely zero improvement. We got the braces off. We've seen carpal tunnels healed tons of times. This time, we see zero improvement. Get a call a couple days later. Completely healed. Why did it happen that way? I don't know. I'm just glad it did. My friend Chad, he prays for somebody. They have um, no eyeball. An eyeball uh, grows in there, but the eyeball's hazy. Um, uh, weeks later, they get more prayer. The eyeball turns blue, but they're still blind. Uh, a few weeks later, they pray, and the eyes darken, and they begin seeing. Why did it happen in stages? I don't know, but aren't you glad it worked? 
James Maloney uh, prayed for a, a baby who was born with no irises, just the whites of the eyes, so just complete white eyes. Uh, prays for them, uh, nothing happens. The next morning, blue eyes and seeing. So guys, sometimes we receive in stages. I don't think God dishes it out in stages. I think that sometimes this is all we're able to receive. This is all the faith we have, and we keep hanging on to it. Here's another thing. Sometimes people are healed, but they don't come and tell you right away. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We have people, that they seem like years later, like we pray for them for cancer, and I'm like, oh, you're still alive. We had no idea because you didn't tell us you were healed. Thanks for that. One out of ten came back and told Jesus. I'm wondering if that's about the percentage that we'll see. I'm going to pray for my friend. Uh, I'm just going to call out his name here because he likes to argue with me, and uh, he doesn't believe in miracles. Hey, Jason. How we doing, buddy? So remember that time I prayed for you over the phone, and you couldn't lift your arm over your shoulder? Remember this? Remember, we're arguing about miracles, like literally. He's a pastor. I'm a pastor. He's literally arguing with me that miracles aren't for today. And he's complaining about his shoulders. I said, I said, just shut your mouth. I commanded his shoulder to be healed. He lifts it up, and his arm gives out in pain, and it goes limp again. He's like, that's what happens every time I lift my arm. It shoots in pain, and it goes limp. And so pray, that's what happens. I talked to him a couple weeks later to argue again. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, a couple minutes after we got off, my shoulder got completely healed. I'm like, why did you wait weeks to tell me that? Like, I need some encouragement too. Sometimes people are healed, but they don't come tell you right away. Guys, we've got to hold all these things. What's the solution? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let him be your standard. Oh, they're only receiving partial healing. Awesome, because in the Bible, that led to complete healings. Oh, I prayed, and I don't know what happened to this person. Guess what? Jesus didn't know either sometimes, but they got healed. Keep, keep your encouragement up. How are we doing? Remember John 5, there's a pool of Bethesda. <clears throat> so... Um, Bethesda was this area where, in the Bible, we don't know that it's biblical truth, but the legend around that day was there was this pool and a bunch of sick people around it, and the legend was that an angel would come and stir the waters, and the first person in the waters gets healed. And so there's this guy um, there, and he, uh, and Jesus, and so he's like, man, I'm, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed, I can't get in the water, no one's there to let me in, he's kind of bummed out, but he's kind of hanging out at this kind of weird hospital. And uh, Jesus has led to this person, Listen, there's a whole room full of sick people. Imagine a whole hospital full of sick people, and Jesus is led to one room and raises up one person. If that story happened today, here's what they would say. Why did Jesus pass over the 99 and only heal the one? That's what religion would have you do, is focus on all the things that didn't happen. Guys, if you can't celebrate the one thing that happened, you're not going to see the 99 healed. We've got to celebrate what God is doing and what he has done, not what he hasn't done yet. The best way to prepare yourself for your own miracle is to rejoice in somebody else's. If you are waiting, like some people are waiting to be impressed before they'll celebrate a miracle, guess what? You're going to have no power in your life. Sean stood up here and read miracles. And uh, if, you, if, you know, if you were to just move to a golf clap out of courtesy, you need to learn how to feed yourself on those things. You need to, it's, what does miracles do? They teach you how to see. Are you guys getting this? Some people, you have to wait for a head to be chopped off and for a new head to grow back before they'll get excited. If you're waiting for that, you need to be able to celebrate the cloud the size of a man's fist before you'll see the full rainstorm. So when we begin to hear testimonies, when you read something over there, begin to feed on that. Begin to celebrate it as if it were your own. Because you know what a testimony is? It's a legal precedent. 
It's like, oh, this has been established. This is, this is what we now know is legally possible because God's no respecter of persons. If you hear a financial testimony, you should be like, oh my goodness, this is what's available for me. This is the kind of things that God does and he doesn't show favoritism. We have to feed ourselves in these miracles and not just go, oh, that was, that was cool. We got to feed ourselves on them. I'm circling in for a landing. How are we doing? We're not going to beat the Baptist to lunch, but we're still going to have a good time. You guys, right? Luke 11. There's two parables of persistence that reveal some things that are completely the will of God um, that have delayed answers. There may be some delayed answers. We know it's God's will. What do we do in those meantimes? Here's two parables that addressed it. Well, the first one is the friend at midnight, Luke 11, verse 5. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine arrived on a journey and I've got nothing to eat. In other words, I got some friend that surprised me out of town. I got no food in the house. Give me some food. Verse 7, and he will answer from within. Don't bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he's a friend. Yet because of his impudence, what's impudence? His obnoxious persistence. He will rise and give him whatever he needs. He keeps knocking. Listen, go away. Listen, in order to shut this guy up, I'm going to get some bread. I'm not going to give him some bread because I love him. I'm going to give him some bread. Okay. Verse 9, and I tell you, and it will, uh, ask, and it will be given to you who ask. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What's he doing? He's not using a comparison. This is what God's like. You've got to bug him to get you to open. He's using a contrast. If even in a human relationship, persistence works, how much more the father who, look at this next part, um, he, he's going to show you how willing the father is. A lot of people read this and they think this is what God's like. We gotta bug, we gotta bug the snot out of him to get him to answer. No, no, no. He's saying, even if human relationships will do this, now he's gonna use a parable. Look at how willing God is. Look at the next verse here. Verse 10: For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Dad, can I have some fish sticks? Here's a snake, you little brat. Like, no, no dad's gonna do that. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. I mean, you can see the YouTube video on this one, right? Verse 13, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, here's the point of that parable. How much more the Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The friend in the parable does not give up. It doesn't give him the bread because he needs it. He gives him the bread because of persistence. And Jesus is saying, this is sometimes how it's working in the kingdom. I don't know why the persistence is just something that maybe there's something in me that's changing as I'm persisting so I'm able to receive or see the miracle. Sometimes persistence works when all else fails. Persistence works when all else fails. One more uh, parable, Luke 18. We'll be uh, coming in for a landing here. Luke 18, verse 1. And he told a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. So what's the point of this story? You ought to always pray and not lose heart. But Jim, I've gotten prayer from Benny Hinn and from Bill Johnson and from Andrew Womack and from Heidi Baker and nothing's happening. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to pray and not lose heart because here's what God is like. Verse 2. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. So there's this ungodly judge. Verse 3. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Verse 6, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. 
And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Guys, this is, again is a contrast. God is not like the unjust judge, but even the unjust judge, now he's contrasting it. God will give it to him speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Come until you get it. God is not reluctant. Keep coming until you're able to receive. How are we doing? There's no shame in giving it your best shot and falling short. There's no shame in getting prayer. There's no shame in praying for yourself and not having it happen immediately. The shame is when you begin to change your theology and say, God, this is your will. You want me sick. I said this many times. If, uh, if I put sickness on my children, I'd be arrested for child abuse. And so to teach that God puts sickness on his kids is really disturbing. So what do you do? Um, how do you lose a healing? <clears throat> you, ever thought you prayed for somebody, it looked like it worked, and got like, are we okay here? Yeah. All right, really? Here we go. How do you lose a healing? I'm going to read um, a story from a mentor of mine named Roger Sapp. <clears throat> he said, when faced with a symptom, the person does not stand in faith concerning their healing. <clears throat> this is how you lose your healing. They believe the symptom and not the good news and believe that they are not healed any longer. So what's happening? A symptom comes. Oh, no, it didn't work. Oh, no, it's back. What are they doing? They're putting their trust in the symptom <clears throat> instead of getting their faith on the good news of Christ as healer. Listen to this. I received, this is Roger. I received healing of prostate cancer more than a decade ago. I did not have any symptoms before or after my healing initially. I had strong evidence of my healing through blood tests of PSA, prostate-specific antigen. However, I was not standing on the fact of good blood tests. I was standing on the good news of what Jesus had done for me. Less than a month after I believed that I was healed, I had very strong symptoms of discomfort and pain appear in the area of my prostate gland. Not only that, but my entire body felt pain, and I had a very strong feeling of dread, and I had prostate that I had that I had prostate cancer come over me. You can see it, and so he believes he's healed, and all of a sudden, all these symptoms come flooding on him. Everything is telling him it didn't work. You've got cancer. So how does he respond? Um, This is where most people lose their healings, because you never see. Yeah, okay. Let's just keep going. This is where most people lose their healings. They believe the symptoms and not the good news. I was aware of this, and despite all the feelings to the contrary, I confessed that Jesus was my healer strongly and repeated until I had results. This confession broke the back of this demonic attack of symptoms and ugly feelings. I've been challenged by the devil on this healing not more than three times in the past decade. Each time it feels like I'm no longer healed until I stand in faith the same way I did at the beginning. If you feel like you lose a healing, how do you get it back? The same way you received it in the first place, by receiving Jesus as your healer, by listening to that good news of Christ's healer, putting our faith in that. There's nothing extra special that you need to do. We receive it the exact same way. Usually the attack will only last a few minutes if I'm standing in faith. Whatever is received by faith is maintained by faith. We see the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. It tells us a little bit of what happens. And so Mark chapter 4, there's this parable, and the, 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 um, the word of God is like a seed planted in a garden. But there's different things that happen after this seed is released. Sometimes it doesn't have any root, and it says the enemy comes and snatches it. Okay? So sometimes it looks like somebody got healed. They don't have any root. They don't have any faith of their own. They got healed off the faith of someone else. And all of a sudden, what happens? What's happening? Mark chapter 4 is giving us insight into what's happening. It says sometimes, it says, um, Mark 4, 17, when persecution comes because of the word, they immediately fall away. So what happened? He, Roger got a demonic attack. Persecution was coming because of the word. 
Because something good was happening, the enemy came and attacked it, and some people fall away. Are you guys getting some insight into why some people looks like they lose their healing? The enemy is trying to do things to steal that seed of the word of God from you. So what do you do if someone does not get healed right away? Well, first of all, never place blame on the person who did not get healed right away and never allow guilt or shame to overcome you. I have not found it helpful to find blame. Well, was it their lack of faith? Was it some secret sin? Was it something wrong with me? I haven't found any of that to help be helpful. The only thing I found helpful is to dive back into that ocean of grace, to get my eyes on Jesus afresh. That's the only thing I found to be helpful. I want to close like this. So this is, uh, this is kind of a little exercise that I like to do before I pray with someone. But um, you're going to pray for yourselves here in a second. So you're going to do this exercise on yourself. You guys ready for this? All right. Um, if we were able to get into a time machine and go back to Christ healing all, we would be healed. Would everyone agree with that? Okay. I want you to get the right inward chemistry for faith in crisis healer before you pray for someone or before you pray for yourself. Take the fo focus off of yourself entirely. Okay? Make your healing prayer entirely about Jesus. So before praying for somebody or before praying for yourself, I want you to inwardly remind yourself that if the person were able to get into a time machine and go back to the New Testament, I want you to see that. I mean, just, just the reality of it. Holy Spirit, make it real to us. That if we were able to bring them before you 2,000 years ago, we know that they would get healed. Here's the good news. This same Jesus, the same Jesus who healed them all, the same Jesus who healed every person who came to him is available today. We don't need the time machine, okay? And um, he will be the same forever. And so this person who's coming for Jesus, the, the, the same thing is necessary 2,000 years ago is needed today, simple faith in Christ. And so I want you to stand up and enter into the time machine. How are we doing? What do you do when prayer seems unanswered? You keep believing. It could be the enemy attacking. It could be you receiving in stages. The solution is the same as to fix our eyes on Jesus. That's New Covenant, New Testament faith. Listen, guys, I'm not trying to make light <clears throat> of anybody in here. I understand there's difficult conditions. <clears throat> Your body may be screaming something at you contrary to the word of God. I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just trying to give us the solution. Is, uh, you know, if... Uh, you know, if you've ever washed your car, you know, you got like a hose with a nozzle on the end. Like all that water is available. The only thing that needs to release it is to press that nozzle. You have the heal. If you're a born again believer, you have the healing power of God on the inside of you. It is ready. And that nozzle is your faith. It's that renewed mind. It's that simply, it's just simply seeing what Jesus has done and saying, that's enough for me. I receive you as my healer this way, same way I received you as my savior. I believe and then I receive. And if I'm not receiving everything I need, I'm keeping my eyes on you knowing that persistence works when all else fails. And if I'm receiving something partially, well, praise God. That's, that's supposed to set me up for the faith to say I'm going to receive it completely. How are we doing? Is anybody encouraged? <clears throat> so, Jesus, we, uh, well, we just place ourselves in that time machine right now. And, uh, and we just go back to those multitudes. And we just see the, the loving eyes of Jesus just smiling and rejoicing as you're uh, cleansing the leper. And we're watching the, the skin deformities leave. And, and we're seeing the blind eyes open. And the first thing they see is that smiling face of Jesus. And they see their loved ones. And we see the man with the withered hand, his hand being restored and straightened out. And, and Lord, we see you looking at us. 
And God, we know if we were back there with you, you would heal us. And so, Lord, by faith right now, I ask you for the Holy Spirit to reveal to us, Lord, we are right here with you right now. And so if you need healing in your body, just place, it, place your hand on that body part. And uh, we're just going to do something. I'm just going to ask you to command it to be made whole. We're not asking God to heal it. He gave you the authority to heal the sick. He said, lay hands on the sick, they will recover. He said, speak to the mountain and tell it to move. <clears throat> so we're just going to do that. And so um, you can whisper it if you want. You can, you can talk in a normal voice. But you can, if you've got a shoulder issue, shoulder be healed in the name of Jesus. And I want you to check it out. If you've got something going on uh, that, that's able to check out... If you notice, the 10 lepers, as they went, they were healed. Sometimes it, faith needs an activity. Remember, remember the person with the withered hand? He said, stretch out your hand. It was in that action of checking it out, they were actually healed. So if you need to get out and take a little walk around the aisle, check something out. If you need to move around, if you've got something going on in your back, I want you to just have that freedom to, to check it out, whatever that looks like, and, uh, and we'll just go from there. And so um, put your hand on your body and command it to leave. So, Lord, I just speak right now to those necks in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak to that throat condition. Uh, there's someone watching online, you've got esophagus cancer. You've been given a terrible diagnosis. I speak to that cancer. I tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Somebody's got an inner ear problem. You're really battling vertigo. And I speak to that vertigo, and we say, no, this is not from you. And we look to Jesus, and we say, it's enough. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Somebody's got feeble ankles. They just feel like they're going to give out all the time. I speak to those ankles. I command them to be healed in the name of Jesus. So just begin checking it out, guys. Just see if something's happening. All right, Mary's got something too here. Check it out. Okay, try this one. So I was just thinking about, um, Jim was telling you about our friend Matt, who in the middle of the night got up and uh, didn't realize he was healed when he walked to the bathroom. And I think so many times when we go to check out our body, we're looking for the pain instead of looking for the healing. And so, um, you know, why did God heal him in the middle of the night <laughs> or whenever it happened? But um, I feel like it's because he didn't even have time to think about, oh, I have to, like, prepare myself because it's going to hurt Instead of preparing yourself for the pain, why don't we re prepare ourselves for the healing? So that was it. Yeah, so I want you to focus on what God is doing, not what he hasn't done. And so uh, even if it's celebrating the, the, the cause of a man's fist. And so how many of you, you prayed for yourself, and you're and not like by faith something's happening. You're actually feeling something different. You're noticing improvement. I want you to wave your hand at us. You, you prayed for yourself. Praise God. All over this room. Awesome. Good news. So those of you who don't feel like you received everything that Jesus paid for, I got some good news for you. We can go to him again. And you can change. And the camera can go from clear to pink and pink to red because we know what God's will is. And so um, we're going to continue to look at lots of different ways to get healed in the coming weeks. And so I'm going to invite our ministry to, uh, I'm going to invite Sean to come up. And uh, no? Yeah? All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Bless you guys.